Starting, scaling, and exiting a business is hard. So why do some companies achieve seven, eight, and nine-figure exits, while others struggle to reach six figures in revenue? To answer these questions, we sit down with top entrepreneurs who have exited for more than $10 million or currently run $10 million-plus businesses and grill them until they share their proven tactics and strategies. Welcome to Beyond Eight Figures. $10 million annually and get to the bottom of their tools and tactics and strategies and shortcuts uh, for exactly how they are doing exactly that. And today we are joined by Matt. I assume we can just call you Matt. It's, I mean, we're going full pronunciation. It's Matthew, but I think we can just call you Matt. I think we're friends here now. So we'll just call you Matt Corbin. And uh, and really excited to have you here, man. So uh, first of all, let me give you an opportunity to say hello uh, to everyone, and then we'll, we'll jump into things. Hi everyone. I'm I'm happy. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, well, good to be good to be here with us. Um, all right, so let's let's go back a little bit, man. Um, mm. You so you were born in uh, in Beirut. Is that where is that where you grew up in Lebanon? Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. man. So do you do you know people that were impacted by what just happened over there? I do. I still have some family there. I still have some friends there, and uh, they were heavily impacted. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, what what what's your take on what happened there? Just purely an accident and just neglect on those materials, and and just the fire started it. Do you think it was what? What's your take, knowing people who are more on the inside there? You know, as as a business person, I don't believe in accidents or chances or luck or any 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 of this. You get what you work for, and uh, I mean, I lived for a long time in Lebanon. Um, I was born in Lebanon, and I know how corrupt some people are, just like every country. And unfortunately, uh, as always, the innocents they have to suffer. Yeah. So it's it's a mistake, I guess. Who yeah. did it? We don't care, because the innocent paid the price. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't seem like anybody would do something of that nature in a way to 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 benefit i mean do you you don't think there's any any side of the the equation there in terms of somebody benefiting from from this catastrophe in any way do you oh there's always people who benefit there's always people who plan for for, for these kind of things and we've seen it 20 years ago when 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 they did what they call solidar in lebanon when they destroyed the whole downtown beirut and then they sold to someone and they did a big investment and came up as big scam and it's happening again i guess i don't know it's just yeah yeah the cyn- the cynic in me doesn't want to go down that path but you know you always got to sit there and you just kind of scratch your head and i mean my lord the the devastation down there and then obviously the value of of, of that land just knowing what you know a downtown uh, you know the, how land is valued in, in that in that location and then being on the port and knowing how important the port is and, and, you know, and everything else just kind of makes you scratch your head and go, God, I, I hope there wasn't more at play here, but from your experience, it's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah. So well, what, what, yeah, go ahead, Richie. I was just going to say, I mean, it, it, it has similar things going on here with COVID because there, as Matt at, uh, mentioned earlier, there's always going to be someone who benefits. The question is, you're kind of asking, did someone plan this and benefit? But someone's always going to benefit. Some people are, some people are doing fantastic because COVID's happening. Some people are getting kicked in the face because COVID's happening. But that doesn't mean it was planned, right? But somebody's going to take advantage of the situation no matter what, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, 
so Matt, let me let me ask you this: what at what age did you then come uh, come to America? Was it was it in pursuit of the of the, you know of the American dream, so to speak? What uh, what led to your leaving uh, the Middle East? That's a good question. Uh, my whole life, uh, I was on the move my whole life. So it's, it's funny that when you're born in, in, in a place like Lebanon and you have a big ambitions and sometimes bigger than the country where you're born at, and you start planning since childhood to leave this country. And this is every Lebanese. This is why there are 11 or 4 million people and outside Lebanon, close to 20 million. Wow. So, so when we were born in Lebanon, I knew, or my parents knew that I'm going to leave Lebanon. And I left Lebanon maybe the first time at the age of 11 or 12 uh, to Switzerland, uh, then to France, then came back and left again, then to the States for, for my college and then back again and then to Dubai. And where I, I spent more than 20 years in the Gulf and between Dubai, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, and I worked there for a long time. And I built a big empire. I guess we're going to talk about this in a while. And uh, then gave, I came to the States. Why I came to the States? One is I want to give my kids a decent life. I don't want them to go through the roller coaster that, that I, I went through. I don't want them to go through the whole pressure that I went through. I want to give them a decent life. And I believe this is where they will get a decent life. Plus, I have a lot of relatives and, and family in the States and I like being here. I mean, I went to college here. I know a lot of people here, and uh, I like it. <laughs> so, yeah, I chose uh, a, a cold place, Sweden, Ohio, and, and just outside uh, Columbus. And uh, this is where we call it home. And finally, I, I stopped moving. Yeah. Yeah. So let me ask you this. At what point then did you did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Because one of, one of the questions that we have here on the show and actually, let me take two steps back. I'll, 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 I'll come, let me just make a note to myself and circle back to this question. Um, but how do you, we always ask the question up front here, how do you meet the criteria for beyond eight figures? Let me get that out of the way. Do you uh, run a business now that grosses more than $10 million annually, or did you exit from a business uh, that, for more than $10 million or both? I did both. Actually, I did kind of both. I used to, um, I used to work for a huge uh, company and I used to, to manage big budget. And then I did my own company. I started my own company and I grew my company beyond eight figures uh, with, with main office in Dubai and with, with offices in Beirut, uh, Qatar, Bahrain, uh, India. Mm -hmm. uh, and then at a certain point, and I guess we're going like, to get to that, uh, the exciting point, I decided to stop this and just leave it and, and, and do something else. <laughs> And just, just so we're all clear then, uh, you created those businesses with the uh, satellite locations, the headquarters, et cetera, in all of those different countries while you were here in Ohio, in Ohio, no. in, Ohio in the States? No. So you did that no. before you moved here. Exactly. Exactly. What, what, did that, what did that business do? Uh, business consulting. So it's, it's consultancy services, whether in, in, I started marketing, which, which is my core business, and then uh, expanded to, to finance uh, business and uh, worked a lot with governments mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. in the Middle East, especially in Saudi Arabia and Dubai, uh, where governments are thinking big. They want to, 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 to have big uh, programs to, to, to serve their, their, their population, and they don't have the know-how, and they want... Uh, people to come and manage these things and they start with uh, 
companies, international companies like McKinsey, like Booz, like all of these companies. And then they discovered that there's certain gap and people like me come in to fill this gap. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm giving some, some I'm, I'm teasing it a little bit here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I don't, yeah. you want me to talk about this now or leave it a well, little bit? Yeah, I mean, I think the real question is uh, for a lot of folks who do consulting and there's a lot of agencies and people who do that sort of work here, uh, what would be helpful for them, I believe, would be for you to share how you took this germ of an idea where you thought you could help companies and get involved with marketing and strategy, you know, consulting, all of that, and then grow it to to $10 million plus. How How did you do that? What were some of the key ways that you that you blew up that business so quickly? Uh, let me start by saying before getting there, uh, I tried maybe seven or eight times and I failed. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's, it's funny, you know, that you're an entrepreneur, uh, when you're still in college. And when I was still in college, I did my first company and I ran my company for a couple of years until I graduated. And there was some decent amount of money there, but it wasn't enough. And then, uh, it failed. And then I started working and then every now and then I would jump and try something on my own. And it wasn't the time because I needed more experience. I need, I need more business maturity, but you know, it, uh, when you, when, when you want to be an entrepreneur, you know, it, it's, it's, it's there. It's, it's, it drives you. It's a passion. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you have, you know how to take a risk and you start developing this in your own company. And when you, when, when you see that, uh, there are some signs that you get when you work in the corporate world and those signs when people start fighting you when people start fearing you because you might jump on the next seat or jump uh, quickly uh, or taking risks then you know that you're ready and it's time for you to move on your own uh, mm. you gotta trust your hunch you gotta trust your feeling so this is when I knew after uh, more than 20 years working in the corporate world and after trying many times on my own and failing, I knew at the end that now it's the right time because I saw the opportunity and I had the right uh, experience to see the opportunity. Um, I was working for, for, for an international company uh, consulting and we were doing some consulting for governments. And uh, I saw an opportunity there because there's a certain trick when you work with passion and when you put what you have your passion in or when you're just a robot doing the system and just letting letting the system do the thing for you and this is the problem with big companies when they come to do the consulting and because as 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 a consultancy you got to set yourself away from everyone else if you're just opening your own business to do consulting just like everybody you have a lot of competition and you just cannot stand. I mean, they will kill you. It's too crowded here. You got to take the extra mile because yeah. there's less crowd there and taking the extra mile, you gotta, you gotta stand for something. And this is what we did. What we did is simply, we looked, we saw that all the British or American companies that were, that are working for the government, they have no, they know how they have everything, but there's one thing they do not have other than the language. It's the culture. Mm. And when you work in this part of the world, it's different than anywhere because this part of the world is driven by culture and only by culture. And this is where I benefited as American who was born in Lebanon and who speaks Arabic. And not only 
one Arabic, I speak the different dialects of Arabic, and I know the culture of the Emirates of Saudi Arabia, of Qatar, of all of these countries. So this is where you jump in, and this is where the... Oh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get him back here and let him reset that. Uh, that's the joy of of the Wi-Fi. Hopefully we'll get him back here in a second. But um, but yeah, so that moment too. I know, right? Like that's the line. That's the answer that we needed. Yeah, Matt, we lost <laughs> you there, right? As you were talking about the different cultures and um, and understanding the different cultures, and then we lost you there for a second. So just jump mm. back in. Okay, what I'm saying is you need to offer something that the other, the other competition, they don't have it. Mm. And you need to do this from the first day because the first impression is what matters. It's the first impression that will give you this step ahead, that will give you the extra mile and set you away from the competition. So if you don't have it, don't open anything. Just wait for the right time. Yeah, yeah, Rick? Yeah, I had a question back uh, on your seven, eight failures. Um, mm. It's just, I think there's a lesson sitting there for people right now because entrepreneurs, when they're solving problems all day, sometimes they don't realize that this problem, you might, you might just want to shut this business down or pivot the business or do something different. And I think right now we're in a time and place in the world where there's a bunch of people that are probably sitting in that situation. What are some of the lessons or at least the main lesson you learned when you failed like when you decided I should just stop with this one and move on to another one? That's a good one. I, I learned three main things and I keep, these are my three golden rules. First of all, I do not trust uh, people just because I know them. It's not enough. It's not a friendship. It's we're not gathering over a beer. This is business. And for someone to earn my trust in business, it's mutual. I mean, and it has to be proven. The second thing, when you start uh, losing, and this is the tricky part, we are proud people. We have some pride and, and vanity and pride. It drives us. And this is what provide, prevents us from stopping or, or uh, stopping the bleeding and saying, okay, I lost that much. Let me just go back and restudy it. Maybe I need to pivot. Maybe I need to change. Maybe I need to just close it. And, and so I would say the important thing is just when it's time, stop it. And no matter what, what are the losses or if, if yeah, we're going to call it failure and no one want, likes this, but we have to stop. We have to, we have to say we failed at a certain point or ask for help at a certain point. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question. So, Matt, do you do you think that entrepreneurs are are born, or can can they be made? I believe they're born. Yeah, I, I yeah. believe they are born. It's it's a, it's a personality. It's a character. I mean, there are amazing people who are uh, CEOs, but they cannot be entrepreneurs, and it's it's not wrong. It's it's we need all people, and there are people who cannot do. Uh, cannot work in, 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 in companies, cannot, cannot be employed, and they are entrepreneurs. Yeah. I think they are born just like everything, just like musicians. There are some musicians who cannot join a band, and we've seen it, and they're mm -hmm. doing great alone. And when they join the band, they don't. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. a character, it's a personality, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
So take, take us through then what, what it is that you're doing uh, in this moment, because you actually got burnt out from, from what it was that you were doing and, and shifted gears from the consultancy and, and all of that work uh, into now the, the world of, of wellness, which seems mm-hmm. a far cry from, you know, from what you were doing. Is, is, is health and wellness always been sort of a piece of, uh, of your life, or is this something you came to to really enjoy and learn about as you got older? Apparently, it's it's something that I always liked to do, and I never knew it. And uh, there were signs, as, as I say, when you work, you gain some sort of maturity and, and experience. And uh, I love being a consultant, a marketeer, because I'm good at it, and this is my comfort zone. And yeah. when I when I sit in a presentation and I start pitching, I know that I'm going to win this pitch because I never entered the pitch and I left without closing it. Mm. But four years ago, an unfortunate event happened to me. I had a near-death, near-death experience. And this is when I thought I need to pivot now. I need I need to change now. And I need to uh, just just change. Uh, even though if I if I lose a lot, I don't care. And uh, I changed. I opened my new business as uh, wellness uh, with my wife. My wife is a yoga instructor, and I got certified as a health coach and life coach. And yeah. I, I love coaching. I mean, even when I used to work in, in my company, when I was employed and when I was uh, an owner of a company, my my strong part was when I was coaching my team or when I was giving instruction or delegating. And I realized this, that maybe I'm a coach and I'm, I want to do this. The reason why is I know something less stressful and I have a new purpose in life in helping people and a new message that I promised to fulfill when I was on, the, on my deathbed. Uh, and I'm gonna grow this business to eight and ten figures again. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what? And what was the the near death experience? So what what happened to you? And and what was kind of that wake up call moment then? Uh, it was maybe four years ago when I when I uh, when I moved to. Uh... Did I lose you? No, you're there. Basically, I went to see a doctor because I had some 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 complication in my knees. I reached a stage where I was more than 350 pounds. Uh, and this is all because of unhealthy living, because I was putting more than 18 hours a day in my company. And I was busy growing my company and growing the, the, the zeros <laughs> after, after my company's uh, value. Uh, and closing more deals. So uh, I went to see the doctor. The doctor did all the tests, and it was just a small knee thing. And it, he discovered a big inflammation in, in my stomach and spleen. And and in the, he gave me the news by saying, you have five months to live. Mm. So this was the wake-up call. Because when he told me this this sentence, and I was on the operating table, the only thing I saw is my wife, my kids, and all the people that matter to me that I didn't see for the last, I don't know how many years, because I was so much busy closing deals and then and, and making my company bigger. And then I knew that I, I overdid it. 
I just let myself work overnights and 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 just traveling sometimes to to two or three countries in, in in the same day or in two days or just to close deals and to do stuff because I enjoyed this and I enjoyed being under the spotlight and being the star and with all the achievements. And that yeah. moment I said, uh, okay, if I go through this, I have a new purpose in life. And my purpose is help entrepreneurs and top executives restore balance to their lives without compromising their career. Because although I maybe compromise my career, but I'm going to rebuild it again. But I want to help those people to achieve balance because I know how to achieve balance. I know what they're going through. I know exactly what it means. You don't want to waste a minute without, without signing a deal. And at the same time, you're, you're just compromising other stuff, whether your relation or your health or any, any other stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that this actually, is what happened. That actually uh, makes a question or makes me think of a question for you. Uh, is it possible to do work-life balance and be build a company beyond eight figures or a billion-dollar company? I could see someone doing work-life balance like I do it, but I'm not beyond eight figures yet. So um, is it possible to build a big company and still have balance? Yes. Yeah, it's possible, definitely. Uh, but I wouldn't say it's possible to do it at the same pace or at the, the same speed if you're compromising. And here comes the question, if you wait, which is, are you willing to compromise your relation, your family or your health just to build a big company, just to be under the spotlight? This is, this is the real question. And this is why through my coaching, I go through discovering the why of every person because every person has a purpose, has a why that him, he himself, he doesn't know it. He thinks that he knows it, but he doesn't know it until it's really revealed. And this is where I come in to, to help him reveal this because I, I was in the same place. I didn't know it. And right now I'm not sitting on a big pile of zeros just like I used to be before. But I feel, uh, I feel I'm, I'm, I'm wealthier. I feel I'm more rich. I feel I'm happier because mm-hmm. I have this balance. And because I know I'm going to get there, not in three years, maybe in five years, but I'm going to get there. I'm, I'm, I'm heading towards there. Yeah. So, so hold on one second. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm wording this correctly. So uh, right now, just to be clear, the, the wellness company that you have, you're doing 10 million plus in revenue right now? No. No. Okay. My previous company, the previous the consulting, company. I was doing more, way more than this. Yes. I got it. I got it. I got it. So what, so what is your, your goal then from a revenue perspective for the business that you were, that you're building right now and how uh, better yet, what, what do you think it will be the primary um, product or program or, or service that'll help you to uh, achieve those revenue goals? The goal right now is five years from now to achieve uh, 10 million plus in revenue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not putting pressure on myself and saying two years or three years. I'm saying five years from now. Yeah. Uh, how I'm targeting health and I'm targeting modern health, not not the, 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 the old way as a nutritionist or anything. No, it's more, I'm still in the business uh, arena. It's still coaching. 
So I'm still providing coaching, but the, the way I'm providing the coaching is a very, uh, my methods that I developed that are proprietary to, to me are very uh, uh, unique methods that involve uh, a lot of uh, coaching on, on, uh, for, for, for this health and wellness. And there are other stuff going with this. Like uh, I partnered with my wife who's a yoga instructor and she is developing some specific yoga stuff for business people. As a, I have a client whom I signed a couple of weeks ago. His main thing is I want to stay in shape. This is why I run. And when I uh, explained to him how much uh, running is not good and how much with 10 minutes of yoga every day, he can achieve more. And now in two weeks, he got me two clients and he's very happy. So it's, it's a very unique way. As I said in the beginning, it's a unique approach. It's a unique way because I don't believe if you want to build a successful business, I don't believe in doing things in the traditional way. And you got to take a risk. Risk is there. Yeah. If you don't take a risk, you're going to stay where you are. Yeah. All right. Well, look, let's, um, let's do this. Let's give folks uh, an opportunity to connect with you and then, uh, and then Richie and I'll wrap up and, uh, and, and we'll go from there. So if folks want to, to connect with you, where, where is the best place for, for them to do so? Best place is my website. It's okay. uh, Matthew Corbin, K-O-R-B-A-N. It's MatthewCorbin.com. And on, on my website, there's everything, the link to, to my social, to my calendar, to scheduling sessions, to, to everything. Got it. All right, Matt, we appreciate you joining us here on Beyond Eight Figures. We're going to go ahead and let you jump and, uh, and then Richie and I will uh, we'll wrap things up. Good to see you. Good to talk to you. And we'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Thank you for having me. Thanks a lot. Have a good day. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Alrighty. So, you know, lots of, uh, lots of interesting stories there, of course, I'm sure. And, uh, and we'd love to encourage you guys to, uh, connect with, with Matt and, uh, you can do so at Matthew Corbin, M-A-T-T-H-E-W Corbin, K-O-R-B-A-N.com. So Matthew Corbin.com, you can get more information, uh, on everything that he's got going on there. And Richie, um, I know we're going to spend some time together over on the other show. We'll, uh, we'll go hang out on, uh, on reinvention radio. And uh, as always, we encourage you guys to connect with us either at beyond eight figures.com uh, or check us out on our other show reinvention radio. Uh, and you can get more information there at reinvention radio.com as well. All right, Richie, take us out and we will talk to you guys really, really soon. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Beyond Eight Figures. Share your thoughts on today's episode and what you'll apply to your business by emailing us at feedback at beyond8figures.com. And if you haven't already done so, we'd greatly appreciate it if you took a moment now to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Until next time, keep scaling.